0: blog talk radio Welcome to Reaching Out Radio International and this week's live broadcast of The Way of Healing. My name is Susan Brozek. I'm a licensed clinical Christian psychotherapist and founder of Healing Word Psychotherapy Services, my private practice. Thank you for joining me this evening. Tonight we're going to look at how trusting God can improve mental health. And it's going to involve an in-depth look at Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. So before we get started tonight, please allow me to open in prayer. Father God, we just thank you for all who are listening this evening, Lord God, on this uh, January night of 2021, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for um, the fact that we are able to uh, speak your word, the truth, on the airwaves, Lord. I pray that uh, each person listening, would receive what they need from this teaching tonight. I ask that you would just render hearts uh, ready to receive your word and the truth that you would have for them. I ask that um, this Uh, time together would bear good fruit going forward in the lives of those that are listening, Lord God. And we just thank you for your guidance, your wisdom, your anointing, and your direction. And we ask all this in your glorious and holy name. Amen. So starting out, um, we're going to kind of go verse by verse through, um, take a brief overview through Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And then we'll kind of break down how that can affect mental health. Um, and how when we do put our trust in God, um, we can actually find improvement in our mental health in many different ways. So I'm going to start out with just an introduction. And so often, I mean, we want to be the kind of in the driver's seat of our own lives, and we want to have everything figured out and planned in advance, and I'm certainly extremely guilty of that. Um, I'm a person that always needs to have things figured out, and I don't do well with, um, ambiguity per se. Um, and, uh, it's just nice to know the path that you're going to take, but God doesn't operate that way. Um, so then when things don't turn out as expected, um, it can result not only in disappointment, uh, but also depression, anxiety, stress, um, and some other emotional and mental, um, Duress that can come from that. And so if we don't understand what it means to truly trust God, um, we are missing a huge element of the effectiveness of our walk in the Lord during our lifetimes. And so that trust piece is key. Um, and so we're going to focus in on that, and we're going to break down uh, that scripture passage, which, again, if you do have your Bible, it's going to be Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. This is actually my life verse. Uh, you may have heard that phrase. It's, it's typically a phrase used by believers that means um, a verse that the Lord has brought um, to their mind and, and in, into Uh, their hearts many times over because it's a particular verse that that resonates strongly in their spirit and so this happens to be my life verse but Um, It's so applicable, I think, especially now um, on the eve of the inauguration of a a different administration um, in our nation and all of the different things going on in our country and in the world that we really uh, begin to focus in on what it means to trust God and to stay focused on him. Because without that, we're just going to be tossed to and fro and we're going to get our eyes off the Lord. And on to things that can spiral us down fairly quickly um, if we aren't careful and vigilant. So um, we want to just kind of start out tonight. I'm going to start with the first part of um, verse 5 in chapter 3, which is trust in the Lord with all your heart. So just as a brief summary, and then we'll unpack this further. Um, this is a conditional promise. Um, so it's asking us, God is asking us to do something. And then if we do that, he will, uh, respond in a certain way. So we're being asked to trust in him with all of our heart and to not lean on our own understanding and in all of our ways to acknowledge him. And if we do those things, then he will direct our paths. And some translations say he will make our paths straight. So there's there's a slight difference in translations there, but it has the same concept behind it. Um, So, again, it's a conditional promise. There are some things that we're responsible for doing, of course, with the help of the Holy Spirit. And then after we've done those things, it says that he will make our paths straight. So starting out with trust in the Lord with all your heart. Um, I think in our lives, there's just this strong desire to take things into our own hands. And like I said, to be behind our own driver's wheel. <laughs> and I'm constantly having to re- remind myself and my patients and others that we need to be in the passenger seat, not in the driver's seat as we got, go through this life. Um, so in that sense, we it's so important that we, we really do give control over to God. And, you know, a good visual, like I said, I think is, is um, seeing him behind the wheel or seeing him steering into a storm, you know, and us trying to grab the rudder and trying to steer the boat ourselves. But um, just kind of giving that piece over to him uh, to trust and believe him with all of our heart is so much greater than to trust and believe him with our head. So this isn't just some uh, an exercise tonight in um, changing how you think, although that's a big part of it, um, which says we renew um, – We transform ourselves uh, from glory to glory by renewing our minds. So how we think is very important, but also I really encourage you to grab a hold of this in your heart because that's where the transformation will happen. You know, you can know it in your head, but if it doesn't reach your heart, uh, you're not going to live any differently. So um, we need to kind of keep that peace in mind and just take it from our head to our heart. The next section says lean not on your own understanding. Um, So a lot of people and myself included, we try to understand God's ways and figure out his thoughts. And he says that his thoughts and his ways are higher than ours. So it's kind of an exercise in futility to um, to think that we can understand, you know, his purposes and his ways and his thoughts. And so there's not even a reason to attempt that. He's telling us right off the bat that we aren't to Um, lean on our own understanding because our understanding is finite and God is infinite. So what we think we know and we might think we know a lot is nothing compared to what he knows. He's omniscient. He's all knowing. And so um, just to kind of keep that in context as we go forward, that our understanding is limited. And a lot of times our understanding is based on limited knowledge, which can even be faulty. So, To in any way think that we have all the answers or that we can figure out our own problems or uh, figure out the way forward without the Lord um, is definitely something that does not have a good outcome most of the time. Um, The third uh, phrase uh, in this um, two-verse scripture passage is, in all your ways acknowledge him. So this is verse six. And notice the word all. So it's not saying some, it's saying all. He wants us to turn all areas over to his control. We can't just want him to guide us in some things or to take control of some things. He literally is asking for all. And that's difficult because that involves full surrender. And full surrender can cause you to feel very vulnerable. You are trusting God with everything. You're turning everything over to him, and that's, that's a process. Uh, it's difficult for a lot of people. I don't believe it happens in just one statement, God, I surrender all. I think there's a process to get to that point. Um, and so this is kind of showing the end result in all of our ways. We are to acknowledge him. And to acknowledge him really means to submit to him and to choose um, how he would have us be in a certain situation, in all situations. And then finally, the fourth um, phrase from this uh, two-part verse of scripture is he will direct your path. So this is what will happen if we do the first three. Um, And directing the paths is is key because um, God is the one who knows the end from the beginning. He knows every situation you have faced, you are facing, and you're going to face. He knows every pitfall ahead of you, and he knows how to direct you so that you don't fall into those pits. Or some scriptures will say, so that you don't dash your foot against a stone. And so um, it might not be the easiest path that he leads us on, but it's always going to be the path that leads us to the desired goals that he has for us. Um, We are in dire need of direction today (laughs) today. Our country is, our world is, our lives, families, we need direction and wisdom. And we need that from on high. We don't need worldly direction and worldly wisdom. It's oftentimes difficult, especially in this age of misinformation and disinformation, to even know what the truth is, much less try to rely on that as truth. We need to know what God's truth is. God is the sole arbiter of all truth. And so there can be situations that are so confusing that people are just disoriented in the world. They have lost their sense of direction. You know, we're seeing a situation go on in the, these last months where good is being called evil, evil is called good, up is up is down and down is up, right is left, left is right. Everything has kind of gotten twisted, like in a funhouse, and it's very difficult to know on our own, um, our own limited wisdom what the right direction is. And so that's why we need the Lord to direct our paths. It's kind of like being out on the ocean or out on the lake without a compass uh, and the fog rolls in. You know, it's, it's if you don't have God directing your path, it's very easy to lose um, the way forward. And you may end up at putting yourself in needless danger um, as a result of that. Um, so as we look at this whole passage Um, just kind of giving you a brief overview and now going deeper into it, we can see that it's conditional promise that if we trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding and in all our ways acknowledge him, then he will be faithful to direct our path. Um, So with that in mind, um, again, this passage of scripture, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, perhaps one of the most well-known passages um, in the book of Proverbs, much less even in the Bible. And if you've ever committed any Bible verses to memory, this may have been one that you have committed to memory. A lot of people know this one by heart. It's also one that you'll see printed a lot on different merchandising, um, you know, just journals and mugs and the different things that are sold, uh, because it is one that's such a, I don't want to say popular verse, but one that's so well known and one that is so meaningful. Um, So starting out um, again and breaking further down, uh, trusting in the Lord with all of our heart. We're going to give some biblical examples and parallels um, straight from scripture um, on what this means now. So there are examples in scripture of what it means to trust the Lord with all your heart. Let's look at Noah first. He built a huge boat in the middle of dry land when there wasn't a cloud in the sky. Can you imagine? Despite the ridicule of his neighbors, and he did it because God said so. Doing this because he's trusting God, even though to the common man, it must have looked ridiculous. And it did say that he um, also was ridiculed for it, but he knew that he had heard the Lord. Um, Another example would be Abraham, um, when he packed up everything and left his homeland when he was 80 years old, because God told him to, and we're familiar with that account. Um, the Apostle Peter, as another example, he stepped out of the boat to walk towards Jesus, who was walking on the water, because Jesus bid him to do that. So, ordinary Christians declaring Jesus as Lord in a Roman Empire, which only recognized one Lord, his name being Caesar, is also another example um, of um, being having your faith tested and um, your trust being used as an example in this verse. And so somebody has once said that faith is spelled R-I-S-K. <laughs> so trusting in the Lord with all their hearts sometimes means going way out on a limb for God. Um, Psalm 37 3 uh, talks about trust in the Lord. There's a lot of verses that talk about this concept, and I want to cross reference some of these for you. Um, 37 3 says, Trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart, and commit your way unto the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. So, Committing your way to the Lord and trusting in him and he will act. The proof that we're trusting in God to act is that if he doesn't act, we'll fall flat. (laughs) So what we have to do is, again, with that conditional promise, um, trusting in God and doing good, dwelling in the land, delighting ourselves in him, then he will give us the desires of our heart. When we commit our way to him, we have to trust him and then wait for him to act, even if it's not immediate. We have to know I've committed this situation to him and he's going to act upon it. So kind of as you think through this in the last week or month or even 2020, you know, um, what have you depended upon in your life to succeed um, in terms of your desire to see God intervene versus what have you tried to make happen in your own flesh and in your own strength? Um, And then kind of think about, too, when you've acted in your own strength, the outcome likely was different than had you involved God. And I I always say that, gentlemen, he's not going to force himself on you to do any of this. Um, He will wait for you to invite him uh, into your life um, to do these things. He's not going to force, we have free will. We have every uh, choice in the world here, whether we want to involve God in um, the way that we walk out our, our Christianity. So I think it's just so important that, um, you know, we oftentimes don't think we need to rely on God for what we do. We rely on our human understanding and our natural abilities and skills and experience. But that is what gets us in trouble. So it's so important to remember that if we are self-reliant to a strong degree, that means we are not God-reliant to a strong degree. And the latter is the better option. Um, A lot of us were brought up to be very self-reliant and independent. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. But we need to get to a point where God takes over and where God's in the driver's seat. So at some point, we're going to need to understand that he has his ways and that if we don't submit to those ways, um, we're not going to be living our best for him and we could be missing out on what he has for us in some areas. Of course, he always gives us multiple chances, but um, for us to think that we can just go upon our our natural ability is unrealistic. Um, So this is kind of where some of the mental health intersection happens. Um, To trust means that we need to let go and to give to God our fears and anxieties and our stressors, anything that's burdening us that we're trying to figure out, that we are um, attempting to control by ourselves with our own limited knowledge these are the things that the lord wants you to turn over to him and if there's something now in your heart or in your life that you know you're white knuckling too tightly god is asking you to turn that over to him Um, if you do that you will experience peace you will have less stress less anxiety um, and Anxiety is, goes right along with depression. People think they're opposites. They're not opposites. Usually you don't have one without the other. So if you're looking at trusting God and letting go of trying to figure everything out yourself, you have the ability there to improve your mental health. And it's by giving those things over to the Lord. Does that mean you do it once and everything's fine? No. This is something that you will have to do repeatedly Um, and it's a pattern that you will need to learn. It's part of renewing of your mind. So as you find yourself trying to do things on your own, that might be a cue that, okay, I need to turn some things over to God here and trust him with this. I need to trust my family to him. I need to trust my finances to him. I need to trust my employment with him um, instead of trying to, you know, figure it all out and make it work for yourself. And when you can do that, um, you're doing your brain a favor on a neurophysiological level by not obsessively thinking about a problem. And you are also growing in the Lord because, as I said before, trust um, involves and requires faith. So Jeremiah 9.23 Is another scripture that talks about this. Um, And it says, Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, or the strong man boast of his strength, or the rich man boast of his riches, but let him who boasts boast about this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, for in those I delight. So, We are trusting God with all our hearts when the only thing we have to boast about is not our wisdom or our strength or our riches, but simply that we know God and he knows us. So when we're delighting ourselves in him and we receive the desires of our hearts because receiving his blessing and approval is fulfilling to us, then we can say in all honesty and truth that we are trusting in him. And when he's the desire of your heart, we'll have an automatic penchant uh, drive to want to trust in him. Um, So it is so much more effective than trying to figure everything out on your own. So um, we spend a lot of time and energy and uh, trying to figure out what we should do, you know, as I said, in our our relationships, careers, and everything else, um, thinking about how We should get what we want. Even in churches, you know, what our goals are. What should our worship be like? What activities should we be doing? Which ministries should we be involved in? In all these areas, we need to learn how to let God guide us and not lean on our own understanding. He has sometimes very different um, uh, places for us to serve than we might think we figured out in advance. He, He can... Um, direct us in such a way that it might um, seem counterintuitive to what we thought was going to happen. And we have to be open to that. We also need to make sure we're learning and we know his voice. And I'll get into that. But staying open to God's plan, letting him have the wheel is the way to make sure that that happens. Um, So some ways to um, hear God's guidance and learn his guidance uh, because he does he does guide in different ways some of those ways are through scripture um, psalm 119:105 says your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light for my path i think that's a perfect verse for this uh piece about uh making paths straight his word is what guides and directs us is one of the ways he guides and directs us also from his holy spirit and his voice um the Lord says, my sheep know my voice. He speaks to us as we pray um, in a still small voice and in other spiritual gifts. He speaks as well um, through his Holy Spirit. Uh, we can receive um, exhortation, edification, um, conviction and direction and nudgings, and all the ways that the Holy Spirit can lead us even in the course of just one day. If we're plugged into our power source, which is the Holy Spirit, we can rest assured that we'll be directed in the right way. Um, Also, we can be guided by common sense. (laughs) And this isn't to say that um, this is only man's wisdom, but um, Chuck Swindoll has uh, a good quote here. He says, but God's heavenly plan doesn't always make earthly sense. So we can be guided by common sense, but keeping one eye on the fact that it might not make earthly sense. We have to allow for him to be able to direct us and redirect us and edit us and so forth. Um, we can also be directed by the counsel of the saints. so in other words, other believers. Uh, Proverbs 12:15 tells us a wise man listens to advice. 15:22 says, "Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Another uh, version of that says there is wisdom in a multitude of counselors um proverbs 2018 says make plans by seeking advice and then leonard ravenhill who was a, a father of the faith has said men give advice god gives guidance and i like that because it's really truly that man can plan his steps but the lord orders those steps and um so that means we can have a plan in our mind and submit it to god and then he orders the steps to carry it out also, he can guide through circumstantial signs. This is also known as divine providence. Um, as I just said, Proverbs 16:9. In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord orders his steps. Um, sometimes God will close and open doors. So a uh, scripture that talks about God closing doors is Acts 16, verse 7, and opening doors is 1 Corinthians 16:9. Um, A lot of times when facing a big decision, I will pray in a manner um, such as asking the Lord to open and close doors as appropriate so that I would not walk through the wrong door. And it has been a way I've prayed for many years. He has um, guided so distinctly through that particular prayer. This is not formulaic legalism. It's just something that for me personally has been effective. So um, in terms of, Um, how he guides us, we need to be aware um, of his ways, and that involves knowing him and studying him and studying his word. Um, Someone has said, he does not lead me year by year, not even day by day, but step by step my path unfolds, my Lord directs my way. Tomorrow's plans I do, do not know. I only know this minute, but he will say this is the way by faith. Now go walk in it. So we have to kind of take this approach that he might not give you guidance for next June right now. You know, he 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 takes things morning by morning. His mercies are new. Manna is good for a day. And at times he will just guide step by step. So we need to understand that he's not going to give us the full blueprint. He might just give us the next step around the next corner. Um, the words of David to Solomon um are also key in terms of not being wise in our own eyes first chronicles 28 8 says so now i charge you in the sight of all israel and the assembly of the lord and in the hearing of our god be careful to follow all the commands of the lord your god that you may possess this good land and pass it on as an inheritance to your descendants forever and you my son solomon acknowledge god the god of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every motive behind the thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you. So this again is talking about how important it is for us to seek God and be obedient to his leading. All right. um, In the next uh, section of the scripture which is so trust in the Lord with all your heart and in all your ways acknowledge him we're going to break down in all your ways acknowledge him briefly here um, we can acknowledge God publicly by speaking up for him by letting people know that we believe in him and how important God is in our lives that's one way to acknowledge him um, Luke 9:23 says that he said to them all if anyone would come after me he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me for whoever wants to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it what good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very soul if anyone is ashamed of me and my words the son of man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the father and of the holy angels so that's a public way of acknowledging God and also a strong exhortation that we are not to be ashamed of the gospel, so to speak. Um, we are also to give our lives to the Lord, and that's how we find ourselves. People think, well, how can I, how can I lose my life, and then I won't have a life left? <laughs> you know, what does that really mean? What it means is when you're fully surrendered to God, He brings you into the fullness and the full identity that He created for you. So you will actually get to know yourself be best if you fully surrender to god and give him your life it's paradoxical but it's the truth um so one other way another way we can acknowledge god privately is by praying you know prayer is at the heart of our relationship with god that's how we communicate with him It's kind of the ultimate expression of our dependence on him so if we think that we can do things by ourselves in our own strengths then we wouldn't need to pray but if we acknowledge that with without God we can't do anything, um, then we will show that acknowledgement and dependence by praying, by communicating with him. We can pray as individuals in our prayer closet. We can pray with others in corporate prayer. Uh, We can pray as a church. And in all those things, it's a way to submit to him. So um, as we look now at in all our ways acknowledge him, he will make our paths straight. Um, let's break this piece down before we wrap up. So how do we know if God is making our paths straight? What would give us that assurance? How, How do we know that he's directing our lives and that we really are doing what he wants us to do? In the world around us, people judge the rightness or wrongness of their actions by criteria of success in a lot of cases. So if what, we're doing is successful or popular or it goes well or it's being um, amplified or, or favored or um, being seen by many men, then it must have been the right thing to do. If things are unsuccessful, this is the world view, if things go wrong, then we must have made the wrong choices. And this is where it gets tricky because people expect that. Worldly success is the same thing and it's going to look the same thing as what we might call success in God's eyes. Those are not the same. Sometimes they are diametrically opposed. Um, Sometimes success in God's eyes can be found in the smallest of things, but yet we're pleasing him, whereas the world might look down on something we're doing because it doesn't get a lot of highly visible and public accolades. What about the person that does the mail or the bathrooms at at your church are they not successful because they don't have a huge platform these are the the kinds of things we have to watch out for in terms of judgment and um trying to ascertain things by a worldly standpoint versus by christ's standpoint Um, so in proverbs also in chapter three um it talks about this um chapter three verse three says my son do not forget my teaching But keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. And then Proverbs 16, verse 3 says, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. So the key I think you're seeing through this, or I hope you're seeing through this, is that when we commit something to God, when we submit something to God, when we turn over control of something to God, then he will act and he will put favor on it and he will bring it to pass in the way that he chooses um, to prosper it and to have it succeed in his way. So um, the Bible in general makes it clear that it's usually not the righteous, but rather the wicked who have the human version of success. And by wicked, I don't mean necessarily necessarily evil people, but people that uh, don't know the Lord can appear to have a lot of wealth and a lot of riches and a lot of success. Um, however, um, that is not the way that the Lord judges success. We have gone to a Bible college, my husband and I, um, and it was coined Institute by Dr. Chuck Missler, who some of you may have heard of. And he, uh, before he entered ministry in his mid-50s, I believe, he had been the CEO of some large corporations, Um, and, uh, you know, um, I think uh, automobile corporations and such uh, before God called him to ministry. And he told the story of how in his office he had um, one side of his wall where he had all of his his plaques or his his degrees, his titles, his awards um, from all of the jobs he had done, you know, for worldly corporations and the... uh, certifications for that on one wall and the other wall he had the different um, things he had received for doing ministry work and kingdom work and on the first wall uh, he had stenciled above that he had put wood hay stubble um, for those things and then on the the endeavors that he had for Christ's kingdom he put gold silver and precious gems and that comes from a scripture verse that talks about Um, when we go before the Lord, um, what things will last into eternity and what things will be burned up as wood, hay, stubble. Not that there's anything wrong with the good that he did um, in those positions at all, but it's a matter of what can we do that has eternity in it. Even if you're working in corporate America, there are still actions you can take that have eternity in them. Um, And so I just thought that was a very clear and uh, profound way to view a life and the things that you're doing to be successful in the world's eyes versus the things that you do for God's kingdom glory. They can look very different, but one will will last into eternity and endure forever where the other one ends when our life ends. Um, So, um, reading on with one more verse um, 24 19 from proverbs do not fret because of evil men or be envious of the wicked for the evil man has no future hope and the lamp of the wicked will be snuffed out so that's really stating the fact that um, we're not to be envious or jealous of people that have tons and tons of worldly success because that is their reward they've got it now when we're sowing into the kingdom of God, we'll reap our reward, if I can put it that way, when we're in eternity. Some of it we might see a harvest here of, uh, on earth oftentimes, but our reward will also be in eternity. Um, so King David makes the same point in Psalm 37, uh, verse 7. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. So it is important for us to not spirit of covetousness or become envious when we think others are succeeding um, because God defines that very differently. So how do we know then that the Lord is making our path straight? It's so key that we don't get sucked up into the wrong perspective and the wrong way of looking at life. Following Christ is not a recipe for just walking through the rose garden and never having any problems. Um, it actually is the more difficult path. And I think sometimes Christ, Christians can be sold sort of a false bill of goods um, inadvertently by some preachers that will say, you know, you know, give your life to God and he's got great plans for your life. And, and that's all true, but they don't balance it with the fact that we also, it says many are the afflictions of the righteous. The Lord delivers him from them all, but we there is suffering involved when we take up our cross. You know, Christ, he's our servant king. He was the suffering servant. You know, and his greatest triumph only came through his ultimate sacrifice on the cross. So we need to, to count the cost. Jesus said to his disciples, count the cost. So there's a cost for following hard after God. It's worth it, but it's not, the easy road it's not the wide road that leads to destruction it's the narrow path Um, and i just think it's important to not have false expectations that hey i'm a christian i shouldn't be going through all these trials i shouldn't have all these problems i should not you know people have these false unrealistic expectations and then they wind up getting angry at god (laughs) when he never promised them a rose garden and an easy life. So I just think it's key that we understand that there will be trials and challenges as God grows us. Um, So I think in terms of an example, um, in terms of are we doing the right thing? Are we at, you know, in the right place at the right time? Um, example of someone who is discussing this issue with a missionary how do missionaries know that they're in the right place how do they know they're in the right country doing what God wants them to be doing um you know we're talking about things that apply to every christian every walk of life um but it's so important that we don't fall in the trap of measuring the rightness of what we're doing by how successful we feel we are and The truth is that even when a minister or a missionary or a church or any Christian does make godly choices and and choices that are submitted to the Lord and, quote, does all the right things, there's no guarantee that success as it's looked at from the world is going to follow it. Sometimes, uh, sometimes things will go wrong because we might mess up, and sometimes things succeed even when we don't do the right thing because God edits us. This is where the we can take the fear out. If we're if we have our heart set on Him and our focus on Him, He edits us. We don't have to be perfect. He probably edits me 50 times a day. We don't. He, when we let the Holy Spirit take over, He directs us and that's how we know if we're on the right path and if we're in the right, if you're a missionary, if you're in the right country, he has guided you and directed you. If you get into doubt, if you get into second guessing, if you get into, um, you know, all these suggestions that the enemy might make, like, oh, you didn't hear God, you missed God, you didn't get it right, you're going to have a, a, you know, this is going to lead to misery. You have to remember the faith that you stepped out on in the first place. And trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding and don't take the enemy's evil suggestions or his suggestive selling techniques to try to get you to believe that you made the wrong choice. If you've done everything according to God's word, you have nothing to worry about. He will edit you. He'll perfect the work that he started. He's the author and finisher of our faith. And we don't have to live in fear. Um, so the reality that is that some things may seem to look like they're going wrong, um, but in fact, that might be part of God's path that he has you on. And it, you might be going off the path by an anointed um, direction because there's someone he wants you to reach, and then he might pull you back onto the path. It's it's a fluid process of learning to trust, not a legalistic, um, formulaic method of dotting every I and crossing every T. It's being open and receptive and listening to how God would lead, even with the smallest nudges of the Holy Spirit. Um, So that's just something important that I wanted to make sure I pointed out because it's not about being perfect. It's about allowing yourself to be used of God and staying in uh, the center of focusing on Him and letting Him direct you. So, um, how do we know that God makes our path straight? One more point. And really, the answer is simple it's by faith. So, if you've done your best, you've relied on God's grace, you trust Him with all your heart, and you're trying not to rely on your own understanding, then you have to step out in faith at that point that he is in charge and that he's directing you. And you can land on that and be certain of that. Um, We have to trust that Jesus is Lord of all. God's in control of his world and of our lives. And many of you probably heard of the missionary Hudson Taylor, and he puts it this way in conclusion here. Let us give up our work, our plans, ourselves, our lives, our loved ones, our influence, our all right into God's hand, and then when we have given all to him, there will be nothing left for us to be troubled about. I just think that's um, a really great summary of this entire broadcast because, as I said, tying this in with mental health, um, so often we obsess and get fearful and get in a state of anxiety or panic because we're trying to manage our lives all by ourselves. God never intended us to do that. That's outside of his best for us. But when you give him your all, then what's left to worry about? It's in his hands. Oftentimes I'll say to people, when you take your hands off of a situation, then God can put his hands on it. And the sooner you learn that principle, the more effective and the more peace-filled your life will be because you know you can trust him. Um, So just in wrap-up, As we look at this passage of scripture, again, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. He will. He does it. So you might want to write those down or maybe even commit to learning them by heart, memorizing them, Um, if this message is, is resonating with you and your spirit man tonight it may just be that this is something that the lord is wanting you to take another step out into um, a new level of trust trust is always growing it's not an arrival it's not saying oh i arrived i'm i trust god 100 percent. i mean there that can happen but there's usually a process that gets you there it doesn't just happen in one moment <laughs> um, trust and faith are growth processes and so give yourself grace as you do this. Um, the end goal is to trust God with everything all the time. And we, can all, we all have the ability to reach that goal through the power of the Holy Spirit. But give grace to yourself as you begin to trust. Trust is often also intermixed with if you have trouble trusting people or if you had a father in particular that you could not trust, or who did not trust God himself. Now you're trying to trust your heavenly father and you had trouble trusting your earthly father. We tend to project our earthly father onto our heavenly father. So that's another piece to be aware of um, that can make this process a little more challenging and just kind of do a check-in with yourself to see, is that really who God is or am I projecting who my dad was on him and so many people do that there's no shame being said here it's just a matter of being curious about whether there are elements of your earthly father that you have now placed onto the lord and if there are go into scripture and learn who god is god wants us to learn him he wants us to know his attributes and scripture is filled with them you can even buy small booklets to talk about all of his names and all of the attributes and what those names mean. So in conclusion, just kind of reflect with me now as we go back over this one final time. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. You can ask yourself, what specific things do I need to do today to express the fact that I'm trusting in God? Lean not on your own understanding. What will I do differently tomorrow if I'm relying on God and not on my own understanding? So what would what would look different in your life if you're relying on God instead of uh, your own wisdom? In all your ways, acknowledge him. What will I do tomorrow to inwardly and publicly acknowledge God and his lordship in my life? So what can you do, not just for yourself, but for a witness to others around you that you acknowledge God as Lord? And then finally, he will make your path straight. So, what ways will I expect God to straighten my path? These are just some things that you can reflect upon as um, you uh, think about this, this broadcast tonight and hopefully it has ministered to your heart. Um, we are uh, out of our time for tonight. Um, I thank you so much for listening and I pray that um, God has spoken to you um, with this message about trust and how it can improve your mental health. Let's close in prayer. Father God, thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to share this message that you placed on my heart for this evening. I pray that all who are listening um, will have received um Seeds of truth, Lord God, that will then be watered and then will grow and eventually come to bear good fruit, Lord. I just pray for anyone who does have difficulty in trusting you for whatever the reason. Lord, I pray that you would just by your Holy Spirit enable them to take that next step in um, putting their trust into you, knowing that you are worthy of our trust, that you are trustworthy that there's no shadow of turning in you, that you never leave or forsake us. You'll never let us down or disappoint us, Lord. But just pray for anyone who's struggling with trusting you, Lord, that you would just enable them, Lord, to take that next step with you. I ask now for those listening here in our country and around the world, Lord God, that um, this message would just bring... um, good fruit in lives from this day forward and the days to come as they study this verse and commit it to their hearts and really walk it out, not just know it intellectually, but um, to know it experientially, to walk it out in their lives, Lord God, giving you the honor and the glory for it. And we thank you, Lord, um, for what you'll do um, in these upcoming days and weeks. Lord God, we commit everything to you and we trust you. We ask all these things in your glorious and holy name. Amen. So thank you again so much for joining me. I hope you'll join me again next month for my next broadcast. If you'd like to contact me directly at Healing Word, which is my private practice, please feel free to call 414-254-9862 or visit my website at healing-word.com. Thank you so much, and God's riches be upon you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to...